how are you doing in the in the 21 day fast? Everybody doing pretty good. You're enduring. You're making it through. Jamie, you're still working, right? I mean, it's not like your fasting works. Yeah, so as yours isn't. You you tried, right? But you know, it, it's interesting to hear some of the things that the Lord is speaking uh, to us. Uh, some of you have called me and you've shared some things that God is speaking to you during this 21 day fast, and uh, He's been speaking to me as well. Um, I'm. It's always good to hear from God, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you go, especially when you go through those seasons where you don't feel that you're hearing the voice of God quite so much, um, you really do appreciate those times where you are hearing His voice. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. We're going to start on this today. Um, the Holy Spirit is so special in the fact that He enables us to hear the voice of God. And He's the one who enables us to... Um, sense his presence. You know, when you're in here in a worship service and you can just feel the presence of God, you know, it's not the norm. It's not your, well, hopefully it's your norm. It becomes your norm, but, but there's something that's extra special, a little different. You can just tell that there is a weight of glory of the presence of God, and that's the Holy Spirit that reveals that to us. So I hope that your fast is going well. One more week after today, um, uh, of the fast, so I just want to encourage you to press in. We're still praying, God, what would you have uh, for us as a church family? God, what would you have for us as our your your family unit? Um, maybe your workplace. So many different things that you're you're waiting to hear God on, or you're you're hoping to hear God on. And uh, so I just want to continue and encourage you in that. One more week. So, um, well, today we are going to start in uh, a new series on the Holy Spirit. And I'm especially excited about this because of who the Holy Spirit is. You know, the last couple of weeks, we sang, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And uh, we sing that song, and we know that we're inviting the presence of God. But I want to bring an even greater understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Many of you have walked with Jesus for much of your life. Uh, some of you, you're fairly new to the faith, and you're discovering who this Holy Spirit is. Uh, we know the Father. We know that He is the one who gave us Jesus. But, you know, they gave us the Holy Spirit. The Word talks about He is our comforter. He is our helper. He is the one who reveals God's Word to us. His most important job, though, is this. He brings glory to Jesus, and that is who He is. I was... Um, as I was preparing my notes, I always send those to either Rachel or to Sonny because they are the ones who put them up here on the screen for us. And so I'm, that's really pretty. Actually, I hadn't seen that yet. That's really nice, Sonny. Darren, be sure you tell Sonny that's really nice. Um, but just the things that they come up with. And uh, I told Sonny, just getting her creative juices flowing, you know, I called her and uh, or texted her and I said, so here's what it is. And the question of our, uh, the, the title of this series is a question, who is the Holy Spirit? And she sent back a text. He's the third person of the Trinity and he's a cool guy or <laughs> cool dude or something like that. And of course, knowing her heart, she knows who the Holy Spirit is. I know who this Holy Spirit is. You know who the Holy Spirit is, or you are learning more and more who the Holy Spirit is. And I'll tell you, for those of us who have walked with Jesus for a long time, we're still learning who the Holy Spirit is. We're still learning who Jesus is. And I'll tell you, we can never, we will never on this side of glory, even on the other side of glory, I don't think we'll ever be able to figure out God. Why is that? Because He is God. If we can figure him out, all of a sudden we have become God. And there's no way that that can happen. But what we know of God, what you know about Jesus, maybe it's come through your Bible reading, maybe it's come through, come through hearing different pastors or speakers, but what has been revealed to you has been because of the Holy Spirit and him opening up uh, to your life. So we're talking about this third person of the Trinity a lot this year. Get ready. And why are we doing that? Well, the theme for Foursquare this year is transformed by Jesus. Everything that we do, we want to honor and glorify Jesus. For Foursquare, for those of you who may not be as familiar with what Foursquare is, you know, we're a Foursquare church. What in the world is Foursquare? We believe that Jesus Christ, he's our Savior. He is our baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and that's where we're focusing on this year. Um, he is our healer, and he is the soon-coming king. And it's those four principles from the Word of God that we you can see throughout the Old and the New Testament, uh, by the way. But this year, we are taking time to focus on Jesus Christ, the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Again, everything comes to who Jesus is. He just happens to be the baptizer with the Holy Spirit and has given us this important person, this important gift, uh, who is the Holy Spirit. 
Last week, uh, if you were not here, by the way, I'll just catch you up real quick. The theme for this year, especially for Abundant Life, is coming in line with uh, what Foursquare is talking about in the Holy Spirit. And, and here's what I sense the Lord saying. The two words are equipped and, and empowered. We are equipped through theology. You know, pastors and teachers equip the saints. Why? For the work of ministry. So we're going to learn who the Holy Spirit is. He's not a forgotten part of the Trinity. He does have a purpose with me and you. Um, also, the other word is empowered. We are learning more and more what it is to be led by the Spirit of God. When you go into your homes, when you go into your workplace, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. When, when, when times are good, when tensions are high, especially when tensions are high in our own homes, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. What is my reaction going to be? Holy Spirit, please lead me. Please help my reactions to reflect who you are, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We're going to go over those over the next few weeks. But we want to be empowered and a people who are led by the Spirit. We hear stories all the time. Let me just come off here for a moment. We, we, we hear stories all the time of people who say, you know, I was driving down the road and I heard the Holy Spirit say this. And maybe you've never, you're like, well, I want to hear that. What is that like? I want to open that up. I want to bring understanding so that every single one of us can say, you know what, I feel I heard the Holy Spirit say to call Kevin and to pray for Kevin. And I don't know why, but I'm going to do it. So I called, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Kevin's like, oh, it's pretty good. I just felt I needed to pray for you. And Kevin's like, well, you know what? It's really not good. Th this is going on. That's going on. And I'm able to pray. Why is that? Because I clearly heard the voice of the Lord. And here's what I'll say. You hear the voice of the Holy Spirit more than you realize it. It's becoming aware of who he is. It's becoming aware of his voice and then responding to that voice. That's where the power comes from, where we hear of people coming to Jesus, where we hear of people being healed. We hear of marriages and lives being transformed because we were willing to go and to be the hands and the feet of God. It's the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. So there's so many questions that can arise regarding the Holy Spirit. There's so much uncertainty in some circles regarding the Holy Spirit. But see, I've grown up. Here's why I'm comfortable teaching this. I've grown up in Pentecostal churches. Some of them have been crazy, but not all of them. Most of my experiences in Pentecostalism have been wonderful and rich. And I want us to have those experiences more and more and more because the Holy Spirit is wonderful. The Holy Spirit is, we'll hear this phrase, he's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is the giver of truth. The Holy Spirit does bring us comfort. And I love teaching on the Holy Spirit because He is cool. <laughs> He's the giver, the one who gives us life. The one who enables us to live out this life. He is a vital part of my life just as the Father is good. Just as Jesus has resurrected from the grave. We just sang about that. The Holy Spirit is real and He is available to all believers. And I want you to receive that today. He is real and he is available to all believers. And there is, we'll get into this a little bit more, but there is another infilling that happens with the Holy Spirit. When you come to know Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit just comes into you and gives you that assurance. You, you know, we, we tell our children uh, when they get saved that Jesus comes to live in your heart. The reality is Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Bible teaches us that. It's the Holy Spirit who comes in and who fills us and who assures us. But then Acts talks about there was a filling where Jesus sent his disciples and he says, I want you to go to the upper room and I want you to wait there. I want you to tarry there. We don't use that word tarry a whole lot, but basically it means wait. I want you to wait there until the spirit that I promised you comes upon you. And so the Holy Spirit, they, they waited for this. And what was the purpose of that? Well, Acts 1.8 tells us this. It was to empower them for ministry. And I have heard so many stories, even this week, of people being empowered for ministry. I want to tell you just a couple of them real quick. Um, Jean, well, this, you, you told this to the ladies and everything, right? Can I share that real quick? 
where you talked to the couple who was not able to have children and and it was a very difficult time for them. And so this couple, she's like, yeah, you can share that. Good, because I got this far in. But um, <laughs> this couple was unable to have children. And whether Jean realized, I think she realized it. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon, now I don't want it to sound creepy, but just there was a sense of the Holy Spirit. When we say the Holy Spirit came upon, there was a sense that the Holy Spirit was there. And she, I'm, I can just hear Jean, girl. <laughs> Do you go to church? I mean, you can hear Gene saying this, right? Because Ryan and I, we couldn't have kids either. You know, you can hear all this when Gene's talking. I love you, Gene. But she began to encourage her friend and said, we, we could not have kids either. And we went to the elders of our church, and they, we believed God. They prayed over us, and we had a baby. You need to go to church. You need to go to church, you know, <laughs> and have them pray over you. That is Holy Spirit witnessing 101 right there. Right? Praise God. See, we, we want it to be this, or in our minds, we think it's just for these super Christians who, like Billy Graham and people who are on TV, but it's for all of us. It's for me. He is for you. And he, you know, just, just to, to witness, power to witness. So I'm believing that your friend is going to be prayed for. Give their life. I don't know if they're Christians or not. If they're not Christians, they're going to come to know the Lord. And God is going to work, work miraculously in their lives. That's who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, if you want to turn to Genesis chapter 1, the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit is he shows up just two verses into the Bible. He's right there at the very beginning. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and John chapter 1, he also shows up uh, right there. We know that the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning. And I want to bring that uh, scripture to you this morning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. Well, we'll start in verse 1. It's just an extra verse there. It says, in the beginning, when was this? The beginning, the very beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So he was there when things were formless, when things were empty, and he was at work doing the will of the Father who was about to speak forth life. Now, I want to tell you, that's not just a great story at Genesis 1-1. Many of us have had darkness. We have had emptiness. Before we came to Christ, we did. And the Holy Spirit began to draw. And that thing in here that was formless and empty, the Holy Spirit began to say, Philip, come to Jesus. Philip, there is hope. You can have eternal life. The darkness that you've been battling can be replaced with the light of Jesus Christ. Just two verses in. Just as the Holy Spirit's presence was in the beginning over formless and emptiness, formlessness and emptiness and darkness, the Holy Spirit brings the life to those things that are dead. I want to ask you this. Just as the Holy Spirit was there to bring life, what are the emptying areas of your life? What is the darkness that you've been facing? Maybe it's a long-held secret. Maybe it's guilt or shame. Maybe you have never confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is there hovering over that emptiness, hovering over that darkness, hovering over that brokenness to bring life. If He can be present to form the world's, don't you think he can be present to form your life? He created you. He created us through the word of God because of Jesus Christ. He came to bring life to our marriages. He came to bring life to our careers. He came to give you purpose. And he came to give you the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit brings life to dead places. That's just two verses in to the Bible. That will preach. Won't it? It just did. That will preach. 
He came to bring life to dead places. And I want to assure you of something. Point number two. You cannot, you cannot follow Jesus without the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us this, that we are in a war with the evil one, with Satan. Who wants to bring us down? You don't believe it? What were your thoughts this morning when you woke up or any given morning? You know, was it things, we, we've all had thoughts that um, are not good, thoughts of not being enough, thoughts of this should be enough, I'm, I'm done with this. We've had those thoughts from time to time. But the Holy Spirit is the one who comes and brings life. So if you don't believe that you're in a battle, just live life. Without the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't be effective followers of Jesus. You'll hear those three words, person, presence, and power, a lot during this series. So you can write those down. The, 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 the Holy Spirit, we're going to learn about His person, uh, His presence, and His power. Every story in the Bible includes the Holy Spirit. Every single story. How do we know that? Because men and women of God wrote these scriptures under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us. Men and women of God wrote every word in here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that's good news. Even the stories in there of, I mean, if you're reading along with me right now through the Bible through the year, it is like the worst soap opera you could ever imagine. Isn't it? We're reading through Genesis right now, and you're hearing about uh, these, these Jacob, these people who are um, men of God, and, and they're, you know, God is moving through them, and you know, they're marrying all these other different people, and then they're sleeping with their concubines, and then they're deceiving people. The Holy Spirit used messed up people. And he still uses messed up people who have a heart to say, God, I am messed up. See, I stand before you this morning, not as a pastor who has it all together, but I stand before you as a man who understands that he has all kinds of flaws. I have all kinds of faults. That may be hard to believe, Jamie, but it's true. But I'm relying upon the work of the Holy Spirit. You are reliant upon the work of the Holy Spirit. See, God is not looking for perfection. He is looking for obedience. And He is looking for people who are willing to say, Here I am, Lord, send me. And He does it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, we don't read a whole lot of creeds um, you know, in, our, in our church, but maybe you've come from other denominations or other backgrounds, and you've heard of there are various creeds that are out there that, that people... Uh, will read in their services. I'll tell you, as I read some of these creeds, though, they are good. Some of the creeds that are written out there. Why were creeds in the church even written? Well, we're gonna, getting ready to read just a portion of one of them. Um, but creeds were written um, because there was a lot of misinformation and misteaching that was going on according to who God was. So these men and women who were inspired by God and the Holy Spirit, they said, you know what, we've got to get our doctrine written down because if we don't get it written down, people are going to just go wherever they want to go, believe what they want to believe, and it's not going to be according to the Word of God. So they began to, to write all these creeds down. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Nicene Creed today. You ever heard of that, the Nicene Creed? It's one of those, and part of this creed says this. Um, can you see it up there? Can you, can you get that next one up there, the, the Nicene Creed, where it talks about we believe in the Holy Spirit? Can you guys see that? Can we read it together? It says, we believe in the Holy Spirit, we, the giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Now, that is a very important part of the creed that was written. They were, they were teaching through doctrine the Holy Spirit and who He was. Now, I want to break this down for a moment because I had a question on a few of these things. But we want to see who the Holy Spirit is, His person, His power, and His presence through this. Okay, you ready for this? It says that He is the Lord. Now, why did they write He is the Lord? Because I thought Jesus is Lord, okay? Here's what they were bringing about when they said He is Lord. They were making the established foundation here that He is God. 
He's no less than any of the other members of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He is Lord. He is God. He is deity. That is who he is. He's not less than the Father and the Son. He's not just an emotion, but he was present at the beginning and he is divine. That is who the Holy Spirit is. So as this creed was being written, they wanted to make that very clear. It says that he proceeds from the Father and the Son. See, the Father gives us the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we can become more like Jesus. Now, to me, that's a tall order, to become like Jesus, to do the things that Jesus did. Jesus says this. He says, you will do greater works than I do because I go to my Father. And then he went on to say, and I'm sending you my Holy Spirit as well so that you can do these things. Now, when I start thinking about that, when I read through the Gospels and I see all the amazing things that Jesus did, first of all, I recognize that I am not God. But secondly, I recognize there's no way I can heal all the people that Jesus healed. Well, you know what? I can't, but the Holy Spirit through me can. What does he tell me? He says, you lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You cast out demons. Now, that's, man, that's some crazy stuff right there. But I want to I assure you of one thing. There is demonic activity that goes on in our world today. How is it that someone could kill their children? How is it that People can cheat the elderly. How is it that rape and all these different things, hatred, how does all that exist? Because there is an enemy, evil. And here's what God says, I, I am sending you forth. Jesus said, I am sending you forth with the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be able to identify some of these, th these things. And you need to be sure that you are praying and that you are fasting because I'm going to use you to do miraculous things. Church, 2018, God is going to do an amazing, amazing, amazing work through His church. We are part of His church. Abundant life is part of His church. And I want us to open ourselves to say, Holy Spirit, use us to bring freedom. Just like you brought me freedom, bring freedom to my family. Bring freedom to my neighbors. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Isn't he good? There's hope that's in there. You cannot become more like Jesus without the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The creed also says he is the giver. We're going to break this down. He's the giver of life, but let's look at he is the giver first. Gifts that are thought through are more important than the most expensive gifts. Would you agree with that to an extent? The gifts that are thought through are more important than the most expensive gifts. If someone gives you something that they have thought about, maybe it's something that they created. You know, I think about when my boys were in kindergarten and they would walk up with this artwork. <laughs> something like that. Man, we put that stuff on the refrigerator. It was on display for all of our friends and family to come in and to see. Because these gifts, they were thinking. And then there were these pictures. I loved it because I used to be quite a bit heavier than I am now. I, I just came across a picture of when I was holding Nathan. He was a little baby. And I was like, good Lord. But he would draw these pictures of me. And it would be this big head and a stick body. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, for my son. He thought through that, and he saw me for who I am. <laughs> but gifts that are thought, thought, thought through are the most important, that are more important than those that are more expensive. See, the Holy Spirit is personal with his gifts to us. The gift that he has given you, we're going to go over these over the next couple weeks after today, okay? But the gifts that he has given you are important, and they are special. And he says, you know what? I want you to display these, not for your glory, but I want you to display these for the glory of Jesus Christ. And see, what happens is when we hide these gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, we're not bringing honor to God. Well, for me, it has been like this uh, throughout my life. I may not understand what that gift is, so I don't know how to express it. We're going to take care of that over the next few weeks. How do I express this gift that God has given me? Does that sound exciting? Yeah, what has God gifted me with? 
Turn to Romans 8, chapter 11. I want us to look at a scripture there. He is the giver is what we are talking about in this section from the creed. So Romans 8, 11. It says this, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And we'll stop right there for a moment. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Now that's powerful. Would you agree that the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from that's powerful, lives in you? That's powerful. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, look at your neighbor and says, He lives in you. Because He does. For those who've accepted Jesus as their Savior. He is very personal. He is great. And He is a personal gift who gives great and personal gifts. If you are breathing and you are in this room and you are a Christian today, God has given you a gift. To share with other people. What is my gift, Pastor? Well, we're going to discover it. Like I said, we're just come the next couple of weeks. You're going to want to be here for this. He is the giver. Let's keep going through Romans 8.11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. You have been given life, and God wants to use you to give life to other people. Are you ready? A couple of you are. Are you ready? <laughs> You're like, Pastor, it's still early. Do we have to talk? <laughs> yes. Um, he is the giver of life. Turn with me to John 6, 63. That's just back a few pages. John chapter 6, verse 63. says this, he is the giver of life, okay, that's what we're talking about. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Now, who spoke these words? If you have a Bible that's red print, is that just, that's a signal that it's Jesus who, who spoke these words. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. The very words I, Jesus, have spoken to you are spirit and life. The Holy Spirit is a giver of life. He is the one who gives us purpose. The Holy Spirit brought about life in the beginning, as we just talked about at the beginning. And He's here to do the same thing today. I'm thankful for that. Jesus, now you can just write this down, but John 20, verse 22, there's a story where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and the Bible says that he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was, this is the breath of life, and it was a, it was a symbol that he was doing, but he was breathing the Holy Spirit upon them. Now you are empowered to go and make disciples. See, the Holy Spirit is here today breathing life into each and every one of us. As we are hearing the word, these are the words of God. The words that we are, now some of these are David's words, right? But as we are hearing the word of God, the Spirit is breathing life into us. Um, receive the Holy Spirit, he says, because he brings life. I want to read you this quote from St. Augustine. St. Augustine, uh, you've heard his name before probably. He lived about 300 A.D., uh, so it was you know, just after Christ had died, so a few generations had passed by. Uh, but he was this great um, theologian, really, this Christianity thing, was, Christianity thing was still pretty new. So they were discovering uh, what the Word of God said. They were exploring Jesus' words. They were looking at what the apostles had said. Well, someone wrote to him, and um, it, was a, it was a new Christian. And they said, you know, I just gave my life to Jesus, but now they're wanting me to be baptized in water. They're wanting me to be baptized in this Holy Spirit. Is this even legit? Now, I don't know if they used the word legit back 300 A.D., but he was, that was his thing. Is this even legit? And here's what St. Augustine said. The Holy Spirit has come to abide in you. Do not make him withdraw. Do not exclude him from your heart in any way. 
He is a good guest. He found you empty. Remember the scripture that we just read at the very beginning? He found you empty and he filled you. He found you hungry and he satisfied you. He found you thirsty and he has intoxicated you. You know, I think of the scripture that says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, and Augustine was basing everything that he said on scripture here. He found you empty. The earth was formless and void and darkness hovered. And he filled you. He found you hungry. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And he filled you. He found you thirsty and he has intoxicated you. That's the Holy Spirit. He has come. Do not be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's drawing a comparison there. You know, not now what is when we think of intoxicated people, I love to watch live PD. Anybody else in here like live PD? Man, that is so much fun. It is. I mean, you see some interesting characters on there. Um, but they always come up against people who are intoxicated either with alcohol or, my goodness, I cannot believe how many people are like five out of every six cars pulled over has weed in the car. You know, all this guy, people are driving totally intoxicated. We're not talking about that type of intoxication to where you're out of control. Um, because here's what we know about the Holy Spirit. If he is the giver of life and we are so filled with him, we are going to be giving life wherever we go. We're going to be satisfying people with the bread of life, who is Jesus Christ, because the Holy Spirit has filled us. And so that was St. Augustine's take on that. The Holy Spirit has come to abide in you. Don't make him withdraw. What does that mean? We have the option to say, that's not for me. You know, the richest place on earth that's filled with the most treasures and the most gifts? Cemeteries. You've probably heard that before. But the places that are filled with the most treasures, the most gifts, the most wisdom are cemeteries because so many people have gifts that have been given by God and they've basically said, you know what, I'm not sure about this whole Holy Spirit guy or they may even say this Holy Spirit thing or I'm not sure about Jesus even and they go to their grave with the gift that has never been unwrapped and let that not be said of abundant life, let that not be said of David that I go to the grave not having unwrapped some of the gifts that God has given me to bless other people. Why do you receive a gift? To give to other people. You were lost and the Holy Spirit brought you Jesus. Can we just thank God for that, first of all? <laughs> we were lost and he gave us Jesus. We were once dark and formless. As I said before, there may be dark areas in your life that are still formless. But when you were hungry and thirsty, he has filled you. Get to know him. Just as you know your children because you are with them daily. Just as you know your spouse, for those of you who are married, because you know them daily. Just because you know your parents. Some of us know a little bit more about our parents than what we would care to know. <laughs> right? I love you, Mom. <laughs> but just because, why is that? Because we are with them daily. Now, here's the thing. Let me, let me just draw this correlation real quick. I used to really know my mom really well. I could, I could tell you what she was, I can still tell you what she's thinking by a look. You know, she, she used to have this look and you, oh, you knew, you knew what it was. But I can promise you now that even though mom and Tom have been married for four and a half years, I bet you Tom knows my mom now better than I do. Why is that? Because he's with her every single day. Stasha, she's back with the babies today. Her and her mom are back there. I have been married to Stasha for almost 20 years now. I don't look, she doesn't look that old for sure, but I don't look that old, do I? No. Uh, okay, thank you. I just, I need, I need the pat. Thank you. But I guarantee you, okay, so, so she lived at home for 18 years, then she went to college, so you add four more years because she was back home, you know, during college. So 24 years, I've known her 20 years. I guarantee you, I know Stasha better than her parents know her, 
Why is that? Because I'm with her on a daily basis. Hopefully you see where I'm going with this. But there, can have, there could have been a time in your life where you knew God better than you know Him today. Because you have withdrawn. Now this is the pastor side coming out. I'm pleading with you and I'm encouraging you. Return to Jesus. Well, I haven't backslidden. No, I'm not saying you've backslidden. I'm just saying you knew him better at one point in your life. And he is calling you to prayer. He is calling you to his word. He is calling you to increase your time with him. See, here's, here's some of the things that the apostles said too and the writers. They said things like, I have to decrease so that God can increase. All right, I'm going here too. Some of us are so busy with stuff that will not matter. And we think it matters now. Now, this is the side that's coming out of my gift uh, of, of, the, of pastoring, where the Bible, where, you know, we equip the saints for the work of ministry, and we know that the, the Word of God is good for good things. It's, the Word of God is, you know, for doctrine, but also for rebuke, and it's also good for, you know, Correcting us when we're wrong. I've been corrected by this word. But some of us just need to stop and give up some of the stuff that we're doing. Here's a phrase my mom used to say, because it doesn't mean a hill of beans. Amen. And we're neglecting the things of the Spirit for things that won't matter. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All these things that really don't matter. And I'm going to go here, too. I wasn't going to go here yet. We're going to talk about this a little bit later. But, you know, we're, we're, we're in a season of prayer and fasting to see, what God, what are you doing for abundant life? What are you doing with abundant life? Um, you know, we're, we're looking at the possibility of two services, a moving location or something. Either way, here's what I know. It's going to require more. And I've talked to many of you, like, right now I just can't do it. My question is, why? What's more important than the things of God? I know that's hard. I know that's tough. But some of you have withdrawn from ministry. I'm, not, I'm looking at everybody. If you have your little mirror up, can you hold your mirror up so I can see it? Some of you have withdrawn from ministry. Let me say this. You've withdrawn from the things that God has called you to. I can give you a list of stuff to do, and it's not what God has called you to. So let me make that clear, too. But the Holy Spirit has been dealing with you saying, you know what? You've got all this stuff that doesn't amount to a hill of beans when it's all said and done. But you can focus in on the life of a child who needs to hear the gospel and who needs to be built up back here behind us in the fellowship hall and over there in the toddlers and babies. You need people to pray over them. As people are coming through the door, they just need a warm smile and a handshake. And you've pulled back from that as well. You don't talk to your neighbors like you used to. Church, this is the Holy Spirit speaking to us, not David. You know, This is the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you what, I'm almost getting emotional because I'm thinking of my own life. There's things that the Holy Spirit is saying. Water the hill of beans. We need to make a meme out of this. All my creative people, can we? Put a hill of beans in one hand and what God has called you to in the other hand. See which is going to fill up quicker. Well, I'm going to tell you, this will. This hill of beans, man, it can. But which is more important? Yeah, good point. All right, I'm going to get off of that. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest of that because that's who we're talking about, right? I didn't mean for that to get heavy. Yeah, thank you, God. You cannot find... I can't get off of it. You will never find the fullness for your life. And I hear so many of you, I'm so tired. I've got so much going on. I'm going this direction. I'm going that direction. You will never find fullness for your life until the hill of beans... Are wiped clean. What? Make chili. Make chili. <laughs> wow. 
you cannot find fullness for your life without the person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It won't happen. What is the Holy Spirit saying? Stop all that stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added. Here's an... I mean... Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added. I look at all the stuff that I chase after. What am I chasing after to bring fulfillment in my life and I'm not finding it? Have I tried seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? There was a time in my life I used to. And now I'm not. Why is life out of control? Why do I seem so empty? Why does my marriage seem like it's going down the tubes? Why does my career look like it's at a dead end? Why do I want to give up? Why do I even want to stop with life as I know it now? I'm going to end it. From chasing the stuff. Going after the hill of beans. I want you to evacuate. Can we just take a few moments? I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you to evaluate, because I know the Holy Spirit, man, he's dealing with me right now. And I know he's dealing with many of you. And he's exposing the hill of beans. <laughs> Something so simple. Thanks, Mom. Something so simple. but yet it clouds and it complicates us to where we can't do the things of God. Lord, forgive me for looking for fulfillment in stuff. Forgive me for looking for fulfillment in people. Forgive me for looking for fulfillment in anything but the presence of your Holy Spirit and the person of Jesus Christ. God, you have given me such a wonderful gift. You've given us such a wonderful gift of your Holy Spirit. And we've neglected him. And I believe that's why David even said, cast me not away from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit within me. But create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. One that seeks after the things of God. God, I pray that you would heal people today. God, that you would heal our hurts. Lord, that you would heal our marriages. you would heal our careers, <laughs> that you would show us Jesus today, Holy Spirit, that we would seek first his kingdom, then the rest will take care of itself, Lord, that we would lay down our lives daily, we would take up our cross and we would follow after you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Here's the reality. Big changes are going to have to be made. As followers of Jesus, big changes are going to have to be made in my life, in your life. If we want to see lost saved. If we want to see blind eyes opened. If we want to see healing happen. Not once have I called for you to quit your job. <laughs> we couldn't do that. Not once have I told you to give up on your family so that you can follow after Jesus. <laughs> no. Sometimes there needs to be a separation. I get that of your job, of uh, difficult family situations. I understand that. Okay, that's not where we're going. I'm talking about other stuff. Dean Lentz, a couple years ago, called it noble distractions, things that seem good that we're going after. Got to do this with my kids, got to do that for my kids. 
Do you really? I don't know. Um, I hope you still love me, because <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> mine don't have them either, Chad. <laughs> Let's get back to the things that are important, because here, here's, what, here's what happens when we get to back to the things that are important. I left, did I leave off anything that was really important? <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, but no, I really didn't. Man, when we get back to the things of God and what He has for us, you know the life that we are feeling here right now? We come in and we're excited and we're like, hey, Philip, how's it going? You know, we're loving on each other. Imagine that just getting even bigger. What happens when your family member that you've been praying for for years finally comes to Jesus? That's a result of the change. What happens when the thing that you have been praying about in your physical body is corrected? That's the change. You know, I, I don't know if this is word of knowledge, word of wisdom, but today uh, Tommy came in and he's been battling some health stuff and he said he, one day he forgot to take his medicine and everything was normal. What if God is healing you in Jesus' name? When we become people who are obedient and seek his kingdom and, and, and we begin to, Lord, this is what you're doing. Okay, well, we're going to go pray over Tommy instead of me doing this. I drop what I'm doing and I go pray for the man. Darren, can you turn around and just lay your hand on Tommy's hand? We're going to pray. And Clay, you too, since you're right there. Father, in Jesus' name, by your Holy Spirit, I ask for healing over Tommy. For those of you by Cheryl, Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray for Cheryl. God, that her back would be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive us of, <laughs> for being so busy. We can't call our own church family to say, God, we're, we're praying for you, Cheryl. Uh, forgive me. I'm not, I'm not repenting for you guys. I'm repenting for me. Lord, forgive me. We, Lord, help me to be about your business. And then all of a sudden, you see people miraculously touched. Can you imagine the life that that will bring, not only to abundant life, but what will that do for Mooresville? Man, all of a sudden we see people coming to Jesus and we've made investments in the kingdom of God. And God's like, wow, you guys are amazing. There's some people who need to be touched. I'm sending them to you. There's people who need to be saved. I'm not all about growing a big church. You got to hear me. I'm not. But if God can trust us and send people to us, and then we can send them out, praise God for that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not necessarily about building a big church. I'm about people being able to come here because God has entrusted us. And then all of a sudden we have this group of people that lives over in that area. And we can say, you go start a church. And you minister to the people in signs and wonders and being led by the Holy Spirit happens. People come to Jesus. That's a result of us skipping past the hill of beans. Are you ready for the challenge? I know you're like, oh, big life change. I'm just submitting that to you. I'm submitting that to you. Mm -hmm. All your prayers, like you just did with Tommy and yeah. everybody else here. But when I tell the story, and like I'm beginning now, and I'm in a grocery store or somewhere, I get chills. Mm -hmm. And to me, I believe that's the Holy Spirit yeah. coming through my body. Yes. And that's what I'm learning. Am I right? You absolutely. Yes. Like, is this the Holy Spirit? That is the Holy Spirit who's because you're glorifying Jesus. It is. Chad called me this week. Uh, I, I texted me this week. Uh, that was the other story I was trying to think of a few minutes ago. I'm like, okay, I know there was another story. What was it? I just turned 43, so my mind. The Holy Spirit can quicken my mind. <laughs> um, Chad texted me, and he said, hey, uh, just a quick story for you. He said, this week I went up to my store in Asheville, and I went into the warehouse there, and the guy who runs it or 
who's up there, he's, he was playing the Christian radio station. And he walked in, he says, wait a minute, why aren't you playing rock and roll music? Do you always play rock and roll music? And he said, well, Chad, I knew you liked this station, and I've been listening to it, and it's pretty good. <laughs> Little stuff, making a big kingdom impact. Because Chad was led by the Holy Spirit and said, this is, this is the stand I'm taking. And I'm not coming, this is not a thing about secular radio or anything like that, but it made a difference in Chad's case. And I know you all have stories. Your story, absolutely. That's the Holy Spirit in the grocery store. Gra grocery store ministry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. We need to stand. We do. We need to stand. Lord, let it be so in abundant life. Amen. Christianity as usual will not produce amazing things for the kingdom of God unless Christianity, as usual, um, is producing the things that the Spirit talks about. And here's, here's what I know. We have seen... I'm going to stand up here for a minute. Don't fall. We have seen amazing things happen through abundant life. People coming to Jesus, the stories that we just shared this morning. Man, God, you are doing such amazing works and miracles among us. We just want to see more. Because we know that our God will be, our God will be glorified. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, I love you. And today, this whole ending, this is just me being your cheerleader. And I realize it was kind of like a yeah, cheerlead thing today. But I'm telling you what. A championship team, they have to work a little extra harder. They have to discipline themselves quite a bit more. God's calling us to the next level. That, that's what it is. The Holy Spirit is calling us to another level in 2018. Be ready. And my pastor used to always say this. Go give them heaven. Amen. Amen. The, the foxes are going to pray us out. God bless you. I'll see you at the back.